Welcome, everyone, to another week with your host, Mordechai Weinberger and Harav Nissen. It is always an honor, a pleasure, and a schuss to be able to do this program. And as always, we can use your callers or your text messages that we greatly appreciate, and that's how we're able to make the program. So the number to call up to ask your question is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And the number to send your text is 347-927-8398, 347-927-8398. And it is our schuss and an honor to be able to do this program. So again, the number looking forward to call up is 718-683-5858. And what we're going to do is we're going to take now a text message that has come in earlier. And here is the question. Hi, if a person grew up in a negative environment with parents who aren't healthy emotionally, who couldn't give over much tools, but the child grew up, got married, has children, everything is okay, but still there's something blocking in the way of being truly happy or at peace. Can trauma therapy help? They never possessed their experience. They never processed their experience. So it's an interesting question. I appreciate the question, which means that this is a person that is sort of saying they grew up in an environment that was lacking skills. That means just like we learn how to walk, we are taught how to process emotions when things are positive. We are also taught how to process when things don't go well. These are all skills that happen in our life. That's what Hashem helps us out with. That's what we learn. However, at the same time, there are skills that we can teach ourselves. So just like someone learns how to run, we really learn how to run on our own. Or we start learning to have new teachers, means Rebbeim, teachers. This is all the schus. And this is all that happens through the brain that the Rabbi Islam has given us, that as we go to school, we don't learn everything anymore from our parents. We now learn from others. So what happens is many times when people get married, they get a job, they have a boss, someone is trying to teach them skills that they didn't learn in their childhood, and they can still pick it up. So that means not everyone that was grown up in a difficult childhood has to go to therapy. No. Not every person that was lacking skills that they weren't taught from their parents need to have, let's say, because people love making these blanket statements, oh, you weren't raised in a healthy environment, therefore now must be that there are some serious problems going on. You can't get married, you can't this, you can't that. All that's not true. What is possible is that it is possible that a person should have difficulties at, from their childhood or skills that they didn't learn. They were not able to pick it up from their family, from places that they thought they would get it, and therefore now they are a little stuck. But that doesn't mean that they can't get it. Now, the question is, if this has happened that someone is from an environment where they're lacking some of these skills, they weren't taught some of these skills, now the question is, what is the best system and the best method to teach you the skills that you are lacking? And again, for a question like that, like the person sort of sounds like they want me to give a very clear, like black and white answer that this is what's needed or that's what's needed, and we can't really do that. means I don't know exactly what skills you're lacking. I don't know what trauma you have gone through 
or when you're seeing difficulties why you should need trauma therapy, there is a process. And for that, what type of therapy or what area you find the difficulty, that is something that you need an evaluation. And not only that, for you also to be aware that depending on the type of therapist, that is a type of method very likely that they're going to recommend. So if someone is a very much a cognitive therapist, they would recommend a cognitive approach to processing the difficulties that you've had. If they're a behavioral, they might do behavior. If they're a cognitive behavioral, they'll do cognitive behavior. If they're an, exist, an, existent, an exist, existentialist therapist, then they will be doing that. If it's a humanistic therapist, they'll be doing that. If it's an inner child therapist, then they will be recommending inner child work. So one thing we can appreciate from your question that you have asked, and that is, is there a method of therapy that can help you be at ease with your childhood? And that the answer is, with will see definitely. Which method? That can only be discussed or identified once the person, once you know the person, once you've gone for an evaluation and we see where the pain is, where the lack is in your current, present time in your life. Rabnissa, what do you say to this? First of all, I said that uh, it's a very uh, brave question to ask, you know, just to, you know, first of all, to find that there is some problem about it, you know, just and find a, how to identify it, where, where it's come from. I think that, uh, you know, the happiness is really something that you build it. It's like, like a muscle. It's just see what you have, what you, what things you have in, in your life, you know, if. Starting from the morning, get, a, get up in the morning and see that you can open your eyes, you can move your finger. You have a water in the sink, you know, you just, you know, you wash your face, you feel the wet on your face. Um, you have, uh, you know, everything. That's, this is like something that you just practice, I would say, practice and working about it and find the good about yourself. Look at the mirror. Look at the mirror. See how how good you are. What what you what you have. Uh, what you have. Look what you have, and concentrate on about the cup that you have, and don't concentrate about the negative that you do. The the, the minus, or what you call That's the right. half cup of the world, uh, the half cup that you're missing. But I would say this is something that, as you said, you have to really identify what you're lacking of. You know the happiness. What kind of you know. Uh, thinks it's happened to you in, in your life and what kind of neg negativity if it's affect your personal the self-confidence if it's just uh the you know the things that you, we grow up i'm telling you what you were speaking about you know we grow up all the time to look about you know especially when this world this this uh, society that every time is looking for the defect of the other side the, the negative you know, we were surrounded with this stuff around us. If it's the pol politics, if it's uh, if it's in school, uh, the competition between the parents. Oh, you you must be better than this person, or you must be uh, in a higher grade and uh, be in a, in a better shoe. We see it. You know, this is like the pushing ourselves and our kids to always to get the neg to see other people negativity. And achieve the the positive in ourselves, and this is something that we have to learn the opposite. Learn how to appreciate everyone, every single stuff. You know, and Adam Shanlosha. You know, we cannot find yeah. you know any person that you you will find a good things about him. And definitely, definitely on yourself. 
And I would say this is number one, to look, if you love yourself, you love all the world. If you hate yourself, you don't find yourself happiness in yourself, you hate all the world. And this is something that we, we are always looking into it. Yeah, so, so true. And this concept about what we feel about ourselves, the many times what programs we're put in when we're around negativity, negativity will affect us. Just before we continue a little bit more about this, dear, just want to remind everyone the number to please call up. We look forward to taking your questions and your comments. That number is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And, of course, the number, if you'd like to send your text, is 347-927-8398. 347-927-8398. Okay, we have Mrs. L. on our underline. Okay, Mrs. L., welcome to the program. Thank you. So I'm following up from a week ago, and I spoke Please. to you about the Simcha. It's a follow-up phone call. So I went to the Simcha that I did go to a week ago, and yes. I told you that I was nervous about going and how would I handle it. So I did very nicely in the fact that I got all dressed up, and I a lot of people appreciated my visit. And I went far. I had to travel there and back and ended up going home. But the point was that everybody was happy to see me, but that specific person was not friendly, was like unfriendly to me. So I realized that somebody that's not appreciating of me, I can't run after them. So even though I said hello and I wasn't, I didn't get a warm feedback, like everyone well likes and everyone loves me for all my qualities. And if they don't appreciate me for who I am, I can't, it bothers me, but I can't run after them. And I don't want to be upset about this. So that's why I don't speak to them so much. And I think that they realize that. And yes, I'm bothered by it, but everyone loves me. But if they can't appreciate that I'm, an, I'm a widow and that I have whatever issues I have, but I'm so well-liked and have so many beautiful talents, and it's, then, then I just have to be happy for who I am. Sounds fantastic. So am I, do I have the right attitude? Um, do I, you know, I do have the attitude. It is a little bit um, challenging, but in how to deal with it, but I'm trying to be the simcha, but sometimes I'm a little not. But if they don't appreciate me for who I am and all this special, then I can't help it. Wow, that sounds wonderful. Now, it's just the way your tone was saying it. It was more assertive. Like That's the way it's got to be. And I wonder if there's a way that we can go through more at peace. Certain people have got whatever issues are going through their life. And what can we do to just be They don't have an easy... I understand everyone has... That person could have a difficult time. And, you know, I don't have an easy time taking care of my kids alone. I'm taking them a widow for many years. I'm doing fantastic. I have my hands full. And if, like I said, if they don't appreciate me, I can't run after them. I can't. I need to be happy. Whoever says, "Oh, I look pretty today. You sing beautifully," and I give chizuk to many. And if they don't appreciate this, then I can't help it. Mm-hmm. So, and then I think I even mentioned to somebody, a family member, on the Friday, I was feeling a little sad because I was alone with one of my kids. And I said that, you know, like, I don't speak to this person, this and this. And they said that if I would pick up the phone, I'm sure they would talk to me. That's what they told me on the on Friday. 
So. Okay. So do I have the right outlook? Do I have the right attitude? What are you saying? So I'm thinking that I do, but maybe deep down it bothers me. It does right. bother me, but I'm trying to, maybe I shouldn't dwell on it. Maybe I just should move on because I have such a special person that I am, and I don't know. Yeah. I want you to know it's difficult at any time when there's a close one or a loved one that you like and you want to be close or even a friend that you just want to connect to them and be with them and be nice with them and they don't speak to you with a great respect that you would like or that you feel you deserve yeah, or they it's might a, have it's issues. A family member, it's such a close family member that it's right. so sad because I'm such a special person and I, the fiasco comes with me from all my specialness. So, wow. Yeah, I'm very special. Very, very. Excellent. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate a lot of hope and we talk on Mashiach Sinakam. Baruch Hashem. And may he come very, very, very soon. We can all use him. Amen. Thank you so much. And if I ever have any questions, I shall call back. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you. We always do your service. We always do your service. Thank you. <laughs> Amen. And Rabbi, we have another Mrs. L. Okay, let us go to the next Mrs. L. Welcome. Hi, thank you so much. You're welcome. I really appreciate that you're calling in. Thank you. Thank you for your classes. We we listen all the time. Thank you very much. All these wow. <clears throat> Honor and estos. So I have a question regarding my 18-year-old son. He graduated high school in June, and he so far didn't decide what he's going to do next year. Okay. What are his options? His options are going to Eretz Israel or staying staying home and learning and, let's say, learning and going to college. Okay. Those are nice options. He hasn't been able to make a decision. All the options are great. Yeah. What would you so my say husband and question? I are encouraging him to, you know, we'll help him make the decision. But when it comes to what he ha- he has, like nothing to say. Not sure. What does that mean? He has nothing to say. So in other how words, if I ask him, go? have you, you know, have you thought about it? Did you make? Did you come to any decisions yet? He'll shrug his shoulders and then he won't say any words. Okay. So help me out how this conversation goes. He graduated. He's got an option either to go to Israel to learn or to learn a part-time and to go to college. Mm-hmm. So does he have any Rebbeim or anyone that he speaks to? So the Rebbeim all have been trying to talk to him in from mm-hmm. school, but he hasn't. One Rebbe tried to reach out to him, but he hadn't responded. Okay. And another rabbi sent a message through his brother. You know, he hopes he goes to Eddie's Israel. But he hasn't really had anybody else, unless someone behind the scenes that I don't know about. But until okay, so what ended, is the question? Let's say he needs time, or is he asking for help making a decision? No, it's, I so he's hear not what the asking for is. help. Okay. My question is, am I doing Am I doing enough? As, are we doing enough as parents by just like, you know, we're, we're here for the support. We're not telling him what to do. Um, I mean, I feel eventually he will have to make a decision. Maybe he just needs That's the time. Right. That's right. And I should, I'm not really pressuring him at all. And do I have to worry about 
let's say, you know, Eretz Israel meets maybe starting soon. I don't say a word to him, or I tell him, you know, Eddie, um, you know, I, I tell my son, you know, the Zman is starting soon. Did you come with a, up with a choice yet? Uh, I don't know if I should do that. Well, first of all, it's normal for parents to do that. Your son's 18. There's nothing wrong with saying, come on, I want to know what's going on. You've got to make a decision. Yeah. There's, there's nothing yeah. wrong with doing that. I'm saying every choice you have is okay. 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 Right? Do you realize that? That it's normal for parents to yeah, tell a child. Yeah, I think so, so too. I think so too. I just because he's also in the position where he is making the decision, and it's something new. It's something you know. I understand that he needs the time. Mm-hmm. And I another problem is also that um, his great his his classmates are not going to this the particular yeshiva that we would want him to go to, and the one that they're going to is not really so great for him. So he would be going by himself, which might be something scary. And okay, but will he know some old, some guys from an older year? Probably. All right. So then it's not so scary again. Right. Okay. If you know somebody from the, my son who's older than him told him, um, it's much easier to go when you know some, you know, a few kids in your class. Of course, yeah. of course yeah. it is. There's no doubt. But just think that different natures, different people. Right. Well, let me ask very, you, what happens different. when you sit down with him? What does he say when you go, what's going on? What are your thoughts? We want to know what's going on. What would he say? He shrugs his shoulders. He doesn't really answer. Now, so let me a ask lot you, of can I ask you another his... question? So it sounds like there could be more of an issue regarding communication with him than making a decision. Yeah, for sure. So how about we focus on the bigger issue? How do you start I've been working on the communication for the last... How? Yeah, Sorry, so share with it. me some tools and tips that you've done. So more um, more tools and tips that I've done? Um, yeah, in other words, this is a communication issue. You have a son, you want to know what's going on, what is his thought process, you have no idea what's going on in his mind right now. No. I don't. I had more skills with... Um, trying to build up a, like a healthier relationship with him and praising him and giving him a lot of chizuk. Great. How's that himself. working? So tell me how it goes. Let's, let's so, hear how something so like that I, works So I'll out. tell him things like, you know, things I noticed about him, how he has um, so much inner strength and how he's grown so much this year and different situations where he has uh, overcome and, um, you know, noticing that how he's improved over the last few months. And I give him a lot of chizuk that way. And anytime I say something, you see, like, he appreciates it, but he also, you know, wants to, like, you know, okay, that's enough. Like, he doesn't want too much of it. But I keep going because my, my, you know, somebody who I've been asking told me that just keep telling him because that's what he needs to hear. It's interesting because I would agree with what the person says, but I would say there's an issue going on. All you're doing is positive. You're not having any communication with him. That's not communication. That's something that's very nice, getting a positive, and I'm not minimizing that. That's level one. Right. But what, what's right. the next step? How do you start raising the bar? Yeah, we need to. I hear you, for sure. And raising the bar is when you tell them, come, let's go out to, let's say, let's take a walk, and you walk for like a half hour, and you actually right. remain quiet, and you walk, and you wait for him to start talking. Or you share okay. a little about the day, or you share about a difficulty that you have, and you ask him for his opinion. Okay, I do that sometimes also. And I have taken him out, and when I take him out, we do talk more. 
So um, I would say that's what's important to be happening. The goal, I, I think it's secondary about what school he has. Right now my biggest concern is you don't have a half-hour conversation with him and know what's going on in his life. Or maybe you do know something, but maybe you could even know a little bit more details. Reb what do you say about this? Uh, just I'm waiting for this uh, question because I, I, I think that, uh, first of all, I, I didn't hear it. It's, it's, it's the older son. This is you. Second, it's a it's a second son. It's a third child. It it's a third child, and uh, what what is the relationship between E and as the older sibling? They're close. They're close, and do you know that? Be, uh, do you spoke with the older uh, children? Uh, what do they think about it? Because I tell you, I, I know from my children many times. I I, I let them just grow up of you know. And I remember my son just decided one day in the eight and the twelfth grade. So one day he wanted to decide to go to a medicine school and then the medical school and then the other others were going to check about engineering. And then in the end, I found myself that he went to a bet midrash. And right now he's in a twelfth year, so in a bet midrash already. That's it. Wow. <laughs> so I, I I tell you one thing that I'm talking with my children. I said, listen. I cannot live your life. I can help you to guide you, but I cannot live your life. You have to make your decision somehow, somewhere. It's if you feel it's too soon now, take your time. Take you go to a bet to, to a bet midrash, go to a land. You know, take a year, take it two years. So go yes, you want to go to Israel? How is how you feel? You know, with with your friend? What how it's you know going on? This is something that I I would say I would say this is my. My uh, question to to you: uh, What is really and and the children, you your children, the the, ad, the adults, you know, the to the the older than him, what they suggest, what they speaking with him, what what they doing, what they what are they doing? Also, this is something that's very important. If we imitate, if it's rebel rebellion against them, you know, sometimes you know you have a brother or sister that's very shiny, very bright. And uh, is is not is feel that is not the same. Even I'm sure that he's a bright, but he feel that uh, they took the, the show for him. Uh, he think that it could be that uh, he's feeling a little bit, you know, to show a little bit the muscles, you know, the, his his opinion, and you know, he doesn't want to to share with you. So this is something mm-hmm. that you have to to I would say to find in between, you know. Uh, yourself and your children about about it. I would say that ask many many questions about it. You know, I think that I, I give you some uh, in, uh, kind of material to think about it, and especially you know, and let the time a little bit. Pr- I would believe that praying is very important, and let the time a little doing the the job, and Kadosh Baruch running the show. You know, as we know. I would say that if he feels that he cannot right now make decision, you know, tell him take a break. If he feels that he cannot sit, and you have to know your son because you know if he, he was, uh, I would say, if he was very, very, I know, steigening, personality of steigening, or he was a little bit loose, maybe help him to find the right bet midrash. I'm telling you, I have, I have, I have a few kids, Baruch Hashem, Blianara. And I know that uh, my twins, uh, both of them, I we are running from with them to see what kind of bet midrash after they graduate the twelve years. And I went for one bet midrash to another bet midrash, and each of them find a total different bet midrash. 
One is a, is a more serious, the other one a little bit, you know, the, the chill one, you know, the, the, something that they can work with. Let them develop uh, how it's working. You understand? Yes. Okay, I like that. Thank you so much. I wanted to yeah. ask um, Rabbi Weinberger more about the communication. What What do you recommend as a basis to start communicating better with him? Well, the if first he... step is to go out or see where he talks the most, or if he talks with your some of your siblings, let's say with the, one of your children, so maybe go out with both of them together and just ask or just have them talk and just be around. Like, you want to start connecting. You want to start having conversations, you know, like they have this teenage girl, whereas I like a DMC, deep, meaningful conversations. Right, right. So you want to start, just don't tell me what's going on. Like, have a place, like, not where he just walks away. It's like, can we just go walk around the block and, A, prepare maybe a couple of questions to ask him. Just tell me what happened today in your day. And then you need to be quiet. Mm, zip it. And if he's quiet and you walk around the block, that's okay. If you do that once, if it doesn't work, you could try it a second time. If that doesn't work after twice, then the third time you go out or someplace where you can talk with him, you share with him something that happened in your day and tell him what does he think about it. Did he ever have something like that? Let okay. me just jump over. I want, to add, I want to add another another question. Always the the, uh, the father is in the in the picture. This well, is um, how is the father if the husband your husband yes always in the he, picture and he, this, he's close thank okay you. so and this so you maybe you can through the husband you can go and reach and the question like this you know how is interesting and and sport in music uh, yes. uh, just find the, the the startup you know you can see if you like kind kind of uh, NFL you know and hockey teams or, or you know any certain uh, uh, music band this is like startup so he when it comes to those things that he loves let's say sports he will talk to my husband for hours nonstop okay great this is but excellent. when it comes to like when we pose this like so then if my husband and I will talk to him just one serious question as let's say this one so what are you thinking about this yeah not not one word okay so this this is a, the the issue first of all i think that he's not mature enough and he's afraid mm -hmm. of decision and i understand mm -hmm. he's a teenager you know he's mm -hmm. a teenager so what what i have to tell what i'm telling my children you know it's a richer time that you have to make your own life i'm not going to live your life it's mm -hmm. the same with the Shidduchim, with everything in life, you know. I am not going mm -hmm. to participate in your game unless you have to find your road. You know, this is something that maybe it's fa it's a fear about, you know, to make a decision. But in a, in a way, you have to show him that he has to make the decision. Uh, so far, maybe you know, until now, you make a decision for him. And he said, "You know what? Let me let me just keep continue and make my decision. The decision for me, and this is wrong. I would say that one day, one day in his life, he would say he would graduate university. Graduate says, oh, my parents forced me to learn the medicine because my mother want to be a, that I will be a a, a, do a doctor. You know, it's happened. Right. It's right. happened. Uh, so I I, w I would say that uh, this is something. Or oh, they they force me to marry this person or this man, you know, and blame all the world. 
Right. I'm not taking it for my children. I would net and I would net not never tell them. You know what? I would tell them. Listen, this is your life. You make a bed, and I can direct you if this is good for you or not for, for you. If you feel that you can stay another year in a bed midrash, okay, go ahead. I will support you. If you cannot mm-hmm. stay and you want to go to learn a profession, okay, I want you to. I want you to understand that the, what is what is all about. This is something that, as a parent, I'm giving the guidance, but I'm not giving the the, the decision. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's excellent so that you are. You are uh, this is saying you've got to allow people to face their own issues, mm-hmm. and at the same time, you still have to be there as a parent. Right. And that is a balance. That's that's, that's right. tricky. Okay, that's what we've been doing. We so we really have been not pushing him at all. At all. <clears throat> I'm waiting but for I him to make But I would still work decision. on other communication. Again, I would focus on other stuff, not necessarily the communication about what are you doing now. It's more going to be the question, talk to me about your day. As long as guys don't know about the day, what's your summer plans? Do you want to go anywhere? We're not talking about now what's your plans for next year. It's now just simple stuff. Well, how was your day today? Yeah, but sometimes boys have a hard time. How's my day? My day is just like every day. Like sometimes parents ask right. boys, like when they're in yeshiva, how's your day? Well, I mean, nothing changes. They get up, they get to shachris, they have breakfast. What's for breakfast? Nothing changes in a boy's breakfast. You've got first seder. They learn with the chavrusas. Like things don't change, but it's more like what's going on in yeshiva? What happened with the rebbeim? Are people going away for Shabbos? Are there some plans going on? Did anyone get engaged? Is what there are your are there any of your friends make decisions about camp? Like things like that. It's now summertime. Right. So what are decisions? What are different things that people do? Like ask detailed questions that someone does. He can do better. What are his Shabbos plans? Does he come home every Shabbos? Does he want to bring a friend home? Right. Like the okay. questions have got to be more pointed questions. Or if he likes baseball, follow up a little on baseball and start. The point is to have conversations with him. Okay. Hello? Yeah, excellent. Okay. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, and Bezat Hashem, we'll, we'll have good news, Bezat Hashem. Yeah, thank please, you so I'll much. Share, yeah, just share some of the feedback, exactly I how you so. find it going. Thank you, and thanks for all your programs on all the, I'm sorry, anytime on Jibru. We're listening to everything. Wow, thank, thank you. Thank you. And my daughter also is listening. She loves it. So oh, wow, what you. a source and what an honor. Thank you. Amen. Amen. All right, I'd okay. like to tell everyone the number to call up is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858, and the number to text is 347-927-8398, 347-927-8398. Nine two seven eight three nine eight. Oh, we have two texts that uh, if you want to address. Okay, yeah. Let's go ahead. I didn't see them. One of them is a. Let's see which one this is. Okay, so one of them is over here about EMDR. Hi, someone recently told me that a therapist used EMDR to help them with strong fears of flying. I was surprised because. From what I understood from your programs, EMDR is primarily used for trauma. 
I've never heard you mention it in regards to fears. Does that make sense, use EMDR to help a strong fear? Absolutely. And we've also used EMDR for fear of flying. Absolutely. So when you want to know why you probably have never heard me say that, that's because I don't share with you how therapists will use every single method out there. But absolutely, a creative therapist will know how to use EMDR for fears of flying and for other systems. So yes, I've we've just used it very recently on someone fear of flying, and Baruch Hashem was very successful. But we've also used various other methods while we did that. But yes, EMDR can be used for that. And as you use the words primarily, if you understand the method of how EMDR works on the brain, you can then adapt it to certain fears or phobias as well. So you're right that it's not what it's primarily used for, but it definitely can still be used for that. Thank you. And we are going to a caller, Mrs. Mrs. P. Welcome to the program. You're on with Mordechai and Rav Nissen. Hi, good evening. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Okay, now I'm not sure if I'm asking a question or an opinion, but I want to explain something that happened and maybe you could give me some insight. I have a child in her, like, just about 20, and I always struggled with my relationship with her. Lately, she's been going to a therapist, and she's been doing very, very well. However, I felt a little bit like she was giving the therapist a certain perspective about what goes on in the family that I felt was really not totally, you know, it was much more subjective sort of than objective. I understand that the therapist needs to see it according to how she feels, but I felt like things were maybe being a little bit, bit misrepresented. So I thought, now it could be I was wrong, but I thought that maybe I could call up the therapist and just tell her, you know, you don't have to tell me whether or not my child is a client by you. You don't have to tell me anything. I just want to be able to talk to you. So I called her up, and I left a message, you know, with my name, my first and last name, and the next thing I know, less than an hour later, my daughter comes up to me. And she says, Ma, why'd you call the therapist? And I was very upset because a little bit I felt like maybe the therapist should have called me back first and said to me, you know, why are you calling? So uh, one right. thing I wanted to know is, first of all, so it happens to be, I, I said back to my daughter, um, you know, I'm not sure if maybe the the um, therapist broke confidentiality because when I called, it said you have reached the confidential voicemail of so-and-so. So my daughter asked if, you know, when I said that, so she called back the therapist. The therapist said, well, it's only confidential that no one listens on the, on the voicemail. It's not, you know, I'm not a client yet, and she's allowed to tell me. And she did also mention to my daughter that, Ethically, she's allowed, I mean, legally, she's allowed to listen. You know, she could have been allowed to call me back. But ethically, she feels like she is has to stick up for my daughter. My daughter is her client. Now, the only thing that I end up feeling from this whole story is that now my daughter is so hurt that I went behind my back, behind her back. In the meantime, my only intention was to try to just bring a perspective to the therapist that Maybe she's not realizing and, and bring the relationship closer, not further apart. Mm-hmm. 
I very much appreciate your call because I feel you could give a lot of people a lot of information how to avoid this problem. So let me okay. share with you a difficulty that therapists have, and, and you can understand a little where the therapist comes from. I have a tremendous amount, and we've got many clients coming, and I've got a couple of years of history, and let me share with you why this process was put in, and you're sharing the downside of the process, but let's share the other side. Let's share why it was put into place. Imagine I have a client, and someone calls up and tells me, I want you to know this and this about the client, so let's make up a story. Let's say I have a client, a 40-year-old person, and all of a sudden, their brother or sister wants to tell me that they always had difficulties with this brother, and this brother is wrong. Listen, but don't tell the client anything. And this, mm-hmm. from day one, he's had this and this problem that he makes up stories. Now, let's go for the assumption it's not true. This sister has an issue. The sister found out from someone else, from secrecy, that they're coming to me. And now I know information about this client. But I can't verify it. So what just happened is this person just put poison in my relationship because mm. they're sharing me their side of the story, and I have no way to verify it for my client to respond. And what happens mm-hmm. is now they lose complete, I lose complete trust in my client. This has not happened once. This has happened over 50 times in my experience where parents, spouses, people just want to give me their perspective, I can't verify it, and it has happened more than once or twice where it affected the relationship, where by mistake I read an email and someone goes, it's just about this and this person, you don't have to reply, but here you go, and I read even the first three, four lines, or I didn't mm-hmm. even know which client it's from, and I, there was nothing for me to do. Not there's nothing, there was. What I do is I inform the client. So first let's understand something. That issue is why a therapist is not allowed to get any information about another person without their permission. Mm-hmm. Now, let's go to the next step. It is extremely common with what you're mentioning, and that's a very big problem that us therapists have is, and that's a shortcoming where we only hear the perspective of one side. That means, mm-hmm. let's say your 20-year-old daughter is going, and the therapist doesn't hear the information of the other side. But what a skilled, competent therapist would do is get permission. Okay, can we please speak to your mother? Or let's say you call and you leave a message saying, or, or the healthy way now for people listening, because you don't know, there's no way for you to know this, is for you to actually tell your daughter, you know something, I would like to go down to your therapist. I would either like to go down with you in front of you so there won't be any secrets, or I would like to go behind, you know, not in front of you, but then the therapist will tell you whatever you tell me, I will tell your daughter. You cannot tell me something and keep a secret because that poisons my trust or puts mm-hmm. doubt in the client and the therapist has to trust. So then I would tell the, cl- the parents, do not tell me anything that I cannot repeat to the client. Mm-hmm. So it is interesting is to problem. note that I mm-hmm. did ask my daughter a few times first if I could refuse either. I had a therapist and she had a therapist. And I, mm-hmm. and I knew that for whatever reason, it's, it's, I find like my relationship with a lot of other people, and I have other children, I have other family members, and for some reason, this relationship I find just tougher, and I just sort of want to understand how her mind works so I could Excellent. Be a I think parent, you did a right? great point. So, so I, I want you to know her. you, you're and, meant and to be commended for that. 
Right. So the thing, I'll tell you what my problem was a little bit after you were right. So really, let's say you're right, but really what maybe the therapist should have, should have done was she should have called me back and said, hi, Mr. So-and-so. She cannot do talk that. Yet. Let's she say, cannot talk. return a call. Why not? She because can, you're calling, calling about her client. She can't calling? even acknowledge your client. No, but what if she was, I called her. I, I, why couldn't she call she, me back? She and knows say, who you are. I am so and Maybe I'm calling she, I am about not allowed maybe to call I'm you. Maybe I'm calling to ask for something else. Who says I'm calling about? You can. She's not. A, the minute you have a daughter or a client, the minute you are, the, we have a daughter or a client, we cannot call back knowing that probably you're going to want to speak about the daughter. We can't. Right, so she should How say, to, I can't listen. But in the meantime, she, what she did was. Do you know what happens when daughter. we do such a call? Come on. Come on. Be real. Have you ever know, seen she, a person put a cookie in their mouth saying, I'm on a diet and I'm putting the cookie in my mouth, but I'm not going to bite? But what do you think is going to happen? What do you was... think? Come on. Wait, let's just be real a second. What do you think is going to happen when the therapist calls you up saying, I'm sorry, I cannot speak to you? So via email, say, we usually okay. have a response. So via email, I give this person a response saying, look, you sent me an email. I cannot even acknowledge anything, or, or we just delete it. I go straight to delete, and I will tell mm-hmm. the client that, no, it's our responsibility to tell the client, sorry, no, that someone tried to reach out. Now, what our job no, is... No, but in the meantime, it just made th- my relationship even worse now. I'm sorry, I'm just... Well, hold no. on. You know, remember one thing and then go, so the way you repair it, since you're calling me up, and we can now work through the process, so what we do is now you tell your daughter, look, the phone call I meant to do should work things out. Please ask your therapist that I want to go down together with you to her and work it out. But you still need to understand the process was done. The same process is done with a lawyer. The same process is done with a doctor. This is HIPAA. This isn't therapy only. This is all forms of medical field. This is the process. It's wrong to call up and say, I can't talk to you. That's wrong also. The next step is, because from reality, whatever we have to do, you know what comes? We get cursed. Do you realize therapists are also humans? Do you know how many times I get attacked by unhealthy family members or friends? I just want to tell you, so when I call up to say, sorry, we can't speak, 90% of them don't say, oh, thank you, I understand. I'm so respectful. Do you know what you're doing? You're giving this and this advice without hearing the other side and our responses. I can't even say this is my client. Please speak to that person and get their permission. I'll share with you a story that just happened last night, right? It's a summer's. So I get a call mm-hmm. last night, helpful. however it is, someone finds out where I am in the Bungalow County and comes over and says, you know, this and this client that you're working, I can't even acknowledge anything. The person is psychotic. What type of work are you doing? I can't even say anything. The person hasn't been by me in over a year and a half. Right. I can't say anything. No one is coming. Just, hi, could you please call me back and say, sorry, I can't speak. And you, the mother, will say, oh, I understand. It usually doesn't go that way. I still way. think there would have been a lot less harm than, you, than what that, did. Again, I agree. But understand the two sides. There's a harm. Either your relationship will be a little bit hurt, and now what you'll do is you'll tell your daughter, look, I feel it's important for me to speak to your therapist, and you will repair the, the mistake. I agree. On the other hand, the same process happens where had the therapist yes called you and something would have gone through, then it could have also, then it would have ruined her relationship with the client. And that's mm-hmm. more important. That, that comes first. 
So again, I agree that there aren't good choices. In my office, since we have a secretary, always say, sorry, Ms. Weinberg, can't even acknowledge your daughter is, a, is, a, is if they're over the 18, even though you're playing, even though you're paying. And we right, will tell the client. Paying. That's P.S. also, but yeah. <laughs> that's not. That's legally our response. Mm-hmm. I cannot acknowledge yes or no if I say yes or if I say no. Because we're here to protect the client. Do you realize the trust that you need to have or the trust that people share with us, their deepest secrets? If they Mm -hmm. can't trust that we're going to keep it confidential, they will not open up, they will not heal. And then you'll be hearing how I'm going to years to therapy and I'm not growing. You need to be able to trust the therapist. We will not say a word. Once you're over the age of 18, it is completely confidential. If you're under the age of 18, it's whatever you are agreeing with that client and with the parents agreeing. Because most of the time you'll have parents agree that, uh, that they will not share, only if they feel it's vital or important. This way the teenager will be able to trust the therapist. The most important component to therapy for a client to make changes and shift is to trust the therapist. If they even suspect that the parent is speaking to a client or the husband or the wife or the business partner or, or a brother or a sister is finding out what's going on behind their back, you lost the entire, every dollar, every session from then forward will be a waste because they won't really go to those areas that need help. How do I know you're really not going to tell my mother? Who knows what happened during that conversation? Almost all the time when we speak to a parent, I could probably say 90% of the time, the policy in our offices, our general policy, there are always exceptions, is we will speak to a parent on loudspeaker with their even child or even adult on the phone. Mm -hmm. We're confident enough to do that. Nissen, what did you want to say? I'm sorry that I cut uh, it No, off. first of all, you, you, say, you said the, the, the right things that uh, you, can, you can ask your daughter about. Let's, jo- let's ask the therapist if I can join the session and see what's no, going on. No, she didn't want. My daughter did not want me. I okay. would have so, uh, so, so, so first of all, I want to tell you as a parent, I want, I, I, this, the kids as a feel, everybody has a feeling that we, we, sometimes, many times we don't accept it. We don't accept it that our kids have some kind of anger about us. So kids feel disappointing about us. And mm. we always want to see that our kids feel that, oh, we are the best uh, parents for you. Or even that the spouse, you know, sometimes, you know, many times we don't, we, we don't expect the spouse will be uh, bitter and upset about our, some relationship or some kind of uh, things. So we always just in, in defending ourselves. I think that what what you are what you did did coined by the therapist. I think it was a total wrong, and uh, it's it's something that really you 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 want to justify. It, in my opinion, justified you uh, a good way of being a, a mother. With, with, sorry, I'm talking. I'm talking a little bit uh, rush uh, talking. You know. But this is something that I feel it in between, and I think that no, but not not therapist. One even one therapist will re- reply for your call, uh, legally and all the other stuff. If you yeah. want, yes, you can ask your daughter and talk with your daughter about all the mm-hmm. stuff. Talk with your daughter about what she's really feeling towards you, on feeling about the relationship in the house and our home. and try to come to a conclusion. Yet sometimes, yes, it, it cannot take. Day taken weeks can be taken years because to fix what we did as a parents, I don't know. And, and sometimes it's even even 
nonsense, but the kids or the other side feel something uh, about it, and you cannot take it. I'm telling you, uh, as as a parent, I see it many times. They misunderstood us, misfeeling what we wh- what we wanted for them, and they can just be subjective to to what to what we're doing. You know what we're doing, but uh, as we we know many times, many times the wording is not everything. The tone, the the atmosphere, the body language that affect. And you can be meaning very good, but the tone that you said it to your daughter, or, or, you know, and suddenly it's changed all the meaning for an uh, air eyes. Mm-hmm. So, so I think you, exactly. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go finish. Her. I think I think that uh, again. I, I heard that you have been a therapist. You took sure. so. so maybe maybe work on this we always say that if somebody has a problem if it's not his fault even you know it's not his that other side is is as issue learn to deal with with in in inside yourself to de- to take care of the issue and then find find you know find a way to the other side and this has mm-hmm. happened all the time and i think that Mordechai wrote a book about mastering a relationship is very important way to think about it. Right. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you something, because what you brought up is extremely important. Someone just sent us a message saying this is so educational and helpful. We're really getting to see both sides. So I would ask you, what would happen if you'd be able to tell your daughter and say, I think it's very, very important, and that I speak to yeah. your therapist with you to work things out? What would she say then? So the mo- so if the- I've been asking her for a very, this is going on literally since she's very, very, very young. I, I could promise you, I put my entire heart and soul into my relationship with her. I, I, I what they say, I love her dearly, and I just can't seem to, it's almost, sometimes I feel like we're both talking English, but I don't understand her. That's, that's what I really feel like sometimes. So when she started going to this therapist and she started doing so well, I said, so I asked her, can I go to your therapist? And she said no. So I had been off therapy for a bit. I had gone many, many years. Can you say that again? Who asked to go to your therapist? I asked my daughter if we could go to her therapist, and she told me no. So I had been on a break. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we go to no, did you ask her why? She said, because it's my therapist. I don't, it's very private. I don't want to share with you. Okay, and I said, hold on. So I said to hold her, on, so hold I on, wait, wait, let's go through the process. Let's go through the process sure. a minute. Did you ever discuss this with your therapist that she doesn't want you to go to her therapist? Well, I didn't have a therapist at the time, no. So I, I hold had Hold on, let's, let's develop therapy. it, let's develop it. Let's understand sure. why she wouldn't feel safe with you going. What's her concern? I don't know. She's, the only thing I would say is she's an extremely... Okay, I'll tell you what her concern was, because she had gone to a therapist, and then I spoke to that therapist, and they ended up using that therapist, and she couldn't use her anymore. So that was her reasoning. Wait, say that again. What happened? You (laughs) spoke to that therapist, and? When she was under 17 or or 16 or 16, I don't remember, and she was seeing a therapist, I spoke to that therapist, and I ended up going for a few sessions to that therapist to learn how to... Wait, and that was without her knowing? Right. Oh, there you go. Bingo. Can everyone listen? Just repeat that again. So let's understand what just happened. That therapist 
has done something who she, who unethical. She didn't like anyway, but I don't know if that's. No, 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 no. Stop. Let, let's not. Now you're trying to minimize. Okay. You just. Do you realize that your daughter does not trust you having interactions? I have. I had. I shared this story many times in the past. There's a grandparent. I don't want to say if it's a grandfather or a grandmother, whoever it should be, was paying for a grandchild's therapy, and this client would not open up. The grandchild, and it's, it's, it's an adult over 18. I said, why aren't you? He says, you're going to see my grandparents going to try to call you, or let's say it's an aunt or uncle. It doesn't matter who I'm trying to distort. It wasn't a mother or father. They're going to try to manipulate. They're going to say, if you don't tell me, I'm not going to stop paying. I go, okay, fine. But what are you willing to tell me? Sure enough, at the third session, that grandparent or aunt and uncle called and said, I'm paying Check the credit card name. That's the one I called up. I want to know what's going on. And we just said, sorry, we don't have permission. Well, if not, I am not going to continue paying in our office. Was, and we go, sorry, don't. Then we called up that client. We said, sure enough, you're right. Now you have a choice. Either we share information with them. I could do it with you in the room. Or they're going to stop paying. They said, so stop paying. And sure enough, the grand, that grandparent, let's call you the word grandparent, but it could be an aunt or an uncle, let's say whatever it was, was mm-hmm. furious at us and called us up several times. So why did I pay three or four sessions? If you're not, it was a waste from the beginning. We want to get back our refund all that. The client, when I asked them what was the problem, they said exactly similar story. I went to a therapist in the past, and one of them didn't want to give information, so they dropped them, second one didn't. And so also the third one, they're willing to go. He says, and then I found out by mistake, I heard one of the messages where the therapist is calling them back and is speaking behind the back. So that person said, since then, I don't trust therapists. I'm not opening up. Only if my grandparent and uncle slash it will be willing to pay, even if they don't hear what's happening. So understand, once that trust is broken, the client Mm -hmm. will not speak. That is why the HIPAA rules are that important. So now what I would do is something different. I would have a conversation with your daughter and saying, I made a mistake, and that therapist made a huge mistake. That therapist was not allowed to speak to me without you knowing. Mm-hmm. They were not. Okay. And I, how can I build even the trust? Under, one second, even under 18? Yes, under 18, they need to inform the therapist. They need to inform the client. I am seeing your parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, uh-huh. the client, not, not that they can't see you, but they need to inform you or inform her. Otherwise, exactly what happened. There's no trust. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's making sense how now. Would you, yeah, how would you feel if, imagine, you're speaking about issues to a therapist. Let's say you you're have a difficulty at work, and next thing you know, that partner, let's say at your work, is going to the same therapist. How much would you trust that therapist? They did say something or they didn't. Are they talking about you? Are they not talking about you? Especially if, the, if you know the partner is getting guidance how to run her business when you're going there as well. How would you feel? I hear. You see, for me, it's not such a good question also because I'm, I'm not such a private person. So I don't, I don't know. But I, I could hear that someone could feel that way. Excellent. So the way we repair it, there is still possible to repair. Just because it was a mistake doesn't mean that's it. It's over with, especially in Yiddishkeit. We know everything is about, you know, we could be Masakin, there's Chuva. So you can actually mm-hmm. have this conversation with your daughter. 
You could even have her listen to this conversation, the recordings. She'd love it. Yeah. Okay. And now what I would do, because if she listens, I, I would tell her very clearly that in our center, we are extremely pro, means we are very for to have the teenagers or the 20-year-olds, whatever age, work it out with their parents. Because this is a relationship of trust that Mary Hashem, you should have for life. If there's a difficulty in life, the therapist is not staying in the hospital overnight or being there or laying out money for whatever for weddings. It's the parents. If you need help with the grandchildren or whatever else it should be, it's your parents. They're there. You're a right. piece. You're, you're for her flesh and blood, or she's your flesh and blood, I should say. Right. And if I were her and if she was talking to me, or as we have with many of our clients, we tell them the relationship with your parents are the most important. How can we start getting there? Can we at least have a conversation with your mother? And that's why I said with you on the phone, maybe in person it's hard for her to say things. But many times over the phone, the clients could like, you know, mime with their hands, like, don't say this, or we agree ahead of time what we'll say, what we uh -huh. won't say. Well, what because is it's very private information that you don't want your daughter to know? Oh, now we start. So you want well, to jump the session. Well, nothing with your parent, with your childhood, let's say with your marriage, let's say with anything like that that affects Well, everything. why does her therapist need to know that right now? And if a therapist needs to know it, then you will tell your well, then you'll tell your daughter and you'll try to get trusting. I need to speak about issues in the family that I don't want you to know about that I think that might affect. And if your daughter mm -hmm. says no, then it's limited. And then mm -hmm. you will accept that certain limitations we all have our limitations. Yes, it is a little scary though when, when a child describes a certain scene in the house and she sees it from her perspective and, and the therapist sort of um confirms it. And it's not really as such, then it, it could cause a lot of more harm in the relationship. Understand again what's going on here. I, I, I feel you're repeating yourself now. Okay. We don't deny that working on a relationship one side could be harmful, but who said that's what your daughter's talking about? Maybe your daughter's talking about school. Maybe your daughter's talking about a certain depression, anxiety, or whatever else is going through her life. Maybe you're not even on the map right now. Unfortunately, yeah, as a therapist, we work with teenagers, and parents are many times not even close on the map of what they're going mm -hmm. through, and they don't want to share. Mm -hmm. But the issue, the real issue that I hear that's going on is, by the way, here you have a compliment from someone, wow, so brave of this call to admit what happened. It adds to how powerful this is, right, to why the reason of confidentiality is there. So there should not even be a doubt in the client's mind of can I trust my therapist or not. However, I do feel it's important for the therapist, as I said over and over in this conversation, to work it out with child and parents, to work things out. What can we say? What can we say? What, what we can and what we cannot. And the first step would be over the phone. And if you right away want to go to things your daughter shouldn't speak, then that's exactly why you should not be going to the therapist alone. First, mm -hmm. build up the relationship. I would have the conversation. What's holding you guys back from speaking? Why can't you guys... But she why doesn't, so right open? now she wants to go to a third, like a family therapist. The only problem I have with that is that we have to start over. It's, you know, if she's got a my therapist, then my therapist would know me. If we go to her therapist, I want you know, I happen to love that idea. I think it's a great idea. Do you know what I hear in her wanting to go to a third therapist is saying? 
I first mm-hmm. want to see how safe you are. Mm-hmm. Means will you right away go attacking? It's not right. She came back from you two weeks ago when she said this and this and this, and you weren't even part of the conversation. Maybe it's about a friendship issue. Maybe it's about a certain doubt that she's going through. Maybe it's about a certain experience where people said things about her and she really believes it, or she's trying to challenge that. And you think that, oh, every time she comes back from the therapist session, she gets worse. It's really sad. I, I must tell everyone, I ask always, like every Yom Kippur, especially the last couple of years, this is one of my public mechilas that I have to ask on a large part of Kal Yisrael. There are cases that come to my office and I don't take it simply because I don't have koyach for the parents or for the environment. Just like mm-hmm. I've stopped speaking over the last couple of months about personality disorder parents, I simply don't have koyach for the ignorant people that try to distort religion and that I get those calls about. I just don't have koyach for that. And the mm-hmm. same way I don't have koyach when all of a sudden I see a teenager coming in and I right away hear the parent called five times before. I already see, okay, we've got the anxious parent. We've got the, this one doing that. I don't have koyach. If I could make parnasa from an easier case, instead of going through the heartache or the difficulties of the phone calls and the half hours back and forth and then the front desk, the secretaries getting overwhelmed because here they're trying to run a practice, plus these parents or relatives that have got issues, I don't have koyach for that. And when it comes Yom Kippur, I ask, I ask from Rabbi Shalom Mechila, you've given me a talent. I know I could help these people, but I'm exhausted. As I've heard mm-hmm. from a top therapist, he used to work on, the, on one of the few issues that, that people don't like to work on. He said, I've done my time. I've given 10 years for this and this diagnosis. Now I'm done. Do you realize how complicated it is? So what your daughter is saying is, let's go to a third therapist. Let's let your daughter share what's bothering her or the difficulties at home. Let you share the difficulties there, and you guys work it out. And this way she has her therapist where she could process, hear how to repeat things, maybe what to say, and she won't feel that you might go behind her back. So this way she feels her therapist is completely safe. Because your mm-hmm. daughter might be afraid that if she, if she even speaks to you, the therapist, then maybe she'll speak to you one-on-one, or there's already a, an inch to get in. This way, mm-hmm. you have no right to speak to her. And now, to work things out, there'll be a therapist where you two will work out your issues. If she has given you that door, that opening, I would say grab it. Mm-hmm. Okay. It has nothing to do with what happens in her individual session. It's about the relationship. How can you develop your relationship with your daughter where there's a lack of trust? The fact that she won't even let you speak to her, let's say with her there, is showing she really is afraid on a certain level what you might tell the therapist or how you might change the therapist's opinion. When Mm -hmm. she will learn to feel safe that, hey, you have your opinion, she's got her opinion, you can work it out, then she'll say, you know something, now I'm safe for you also to speak to my therapist. I think very, very, very few times have we ever had where we were not able to get the parents and the and the adult child or the teenage child together because we're very pro and we prepare a session or two in advance. We even can make hand signs because it's over the phone so the parent can't see, like 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 cut, like don't say anything else, or mm-hmm. like a little you're doing okay. And sometimes we tell the parent, can I just put you on mute a second? I just want to run something by your child. And the parents are okay with it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, I only want to repair the relationship. I don't want anything else out of it. I don't want to, you Excellent. know. Excellent. Whatever like would be good on her. Mother. And I would say take what she offers. If she offers a third therapist, great. All the third therapists is to work things out. And then you can clarify the goal of the third therapist is how can you feel safe to actually speak to your therapist and you'll feel comfortable. Mm. Okay. So let me ask you, do you understand a little why the therapist, why we're stuck that we can't even call someone back? I do. I just feel like in a certain, I hear everything you say and everything makes 100% sense to me. The only part that's a drop hurtful to me is I wish there could have been a way she could have communicated with me somehow that she can't talk to me and she shouldn't have said anything to my daughter because I feel like at this point it's it just made my relationship with my daughter a hundred times harder now and I, and, and I, I feel terrible about it. I understand you and I wish there would be a system ahead of time. I, I want you to know I feel for you and I wish there would be the same mm-hmm. thing. I know because I myself, I I myself stuck better off if she would have maybe just ignored me, like not called me back and not said anything to But we can't do that because, right, but again, we're stuck. Just realize well, why we're can, stuck. Why can't you just she, ignore it then? Because if we walk around with a secret from the client, oh, your mother called and I can't tell you, then we don't have an open relationship. Uh-huh. Interesting. Then it's like we're starting mm-hmm. to keep secrets. Even That's if exactly. it's harmful to, to the, in a certain sense to the client. I don't know how harmful it was. I hear it the other way. It's, I hear it harmful again in our teaching. It's harmful if we don't share it. Mm-hmm. I hear I never would have even thought of it that way, because if I would have even thought that in any way it, would, it was going to hurt my daughter, I never would have done it. I, I just uh, that's right. Of course. Like that's why, that's why we start off saying, I understand you. Just like you said, you understand everything. I understand you. I'm a therapist. I feel trapped many times by that situation where someone sends us a message and we really feel it would be very beneficial if we can speak to the family member. I had a mm-hmm. certain case over two years working on a case where they forbid me to speak to anyone and finally got permission to speak to some family members, and it was very liberating because the family right. members had no idea why things are looking like they're getting worse. And once we are able to share just some of the basic issues that we had to work on, the family was shocked, had no idea what we're working on. Right. So in a way, it's a pity. Like you're saying, the HIPAA rules work for you and against you at the same time. That's right. That's right. You hit it on the nail. Yes, I'm pretty sure that that therapist would really appreciate if she can speak to you and get another perspective. It would help. Mm -hmm. Perspective always helps. Because it's scary because if a child, let's say, you know, sees a certain aspect of the family that they think is, let's say, dysfunctional or cruel or whatever, in the meantime, it's really not. It's so. It's just a child's perspective. It's 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 hard. Because it's your point of view, and you didn't listen to her. I'm not sure you're saying what. I think it's your point of view right now. Your daughter don't think the same. Mhm. I hear. Okay, I'm going to try to rectify it and and go to a third party. I'm very willing. I just feel like the only chaval is it's a, it's a lot of more work till a therapist gets to know somebody. It, it could take no, a lot no, of No, no, they don't have to know. Watch how a therapist could go. The short version is both of you come in, therapist goes, hi, why are you here? And mm-hmm. uh, and your and your daughter would say, well, my mother wants to speak to my therapist. I don't want her to speak. 
And then mm-hmm. your then your daughter would that therapist would ask, Why didn't you want her to speak? She'll go, Because when I was once sixteen years old I went to the therapist, my mother was speaking to her behind my back and mm-hmm. um I felt it I feel I can't trust and my mother many times tries to speak to teachers and we might get she speaks to my teachers behind my back. When I went to camp she called up the counselor. I found out later that she spoke to her and my mother like tries to get involved. And then what you'll bring up and then she'll ask you, Okay, why did you do that? You go, I didn't do anything behind her back. Isn't it normal to call up a counselor? And then the, te- then the therapist might say, yeah, that's normal. And the daughter goes, no, but she said this and this. And they go, well, she just had to know this issue. Just as an example, let's say someone bedwets, and they try to go, don't tell the counselor. What do you mean? You're going to wake up wet like you need to be aware. Or maybe you need some help sometimes with the pull-ups or say there's a pill that you take or different stuff. Right. I'm just thinking of this counselor stuff. I'm like, maybe she was a younger teenager embarrassed, going, but this is what we got to do. So what would you so do in such a case can- as a parent? That's right. Sometimes the child well, has to do? be would aware. You, would you, I'm saying in such a case, let's say with the bedwetting, like you just said, would you call the counselor or you wouldn't? If the child I would says definitely not work to. it out with a teenager and tell the teenager what's the situation. I had now and a certain it, situation mm-hmm. with one of my children where I said, we got to call so-and-so, and I had my whichever child was on the phone while that was happening, and my wife tells me that child was so upset that I was doing it, but I did it with them. And afterwards, mm-hmm. they were thrilled. I won't go mm-hmm. behind their back. Really? You would never call a teacher behind a child's back? I don't like the word never because never locks me in. I don't think okay. I have ever yet in history with my six kids, Baruch Hashem, gone behind their back and called up a teacher. I might have done something and then told them this and this is what I did. Or I had a mm-hmm. conversation, but I'm not telling you what the details were. I could tell you some of it, but there was part that wasn't. Mm-hmm. I very much for that reason, again, if it's once, if it's something that's necessary, if I want to know how the learning or studying is going or why it's an issue, I might do that. I don't think that's an issue. But if it's mm-hmm. more about behavior or something that's how, that, like how they're behaving or how they should react to me, I would tell them. Mm-hmm. Okay, I appreciate that. That's an eye-opener for me. Thank you. I think yeah. the word is trust. Yeah, and mm-hmm. my kids know, and I also trust that they won't go, let's say, behind my back to things. Or or certain times if my children have done something, I told them how hurt I was, that the trust was broken. It'll have to be earned. There are certain mm-hmm. things I expect them to tell me or to work out. Starting from knocking on their door in the, in the room when you go in. You know what, Rivnison, thank you for bringing that up. Let's use that as an example. I unfortunately know that sometimes parents would read a teenager's diary. Rav Nissen has mentioned that, right? Rav Nissen, you yes. said your daughter or something. You never read it, ever. Right. Wow. Because it's private. It's about even though they're in school, there are no cameras in the room, there's no way that anyone is going to know that you read their diary. You're breaking their trust. Mm-hmm. And they need to feel that safety. Like a kid needs to have, this is their drool. Let's say you have three kids sleeping in a room, four kids sleeping in a room. They still need to know that they have trust that this is their draw. This is their place. No one is going to touch their things. It's their territory, and mm-hmm. it's their private things. And I'm telling you, you go to the room, knock on the door. Can I come in? My daughter, my son. And even now that they have some, sometimes the kosher phone, I don't touch this. Right. I wouldn't dare to do this. 
trust. Okay, I appreciate it. It was a really, really, really good lesson, and I, I thank you for all this time that you gave me. Well, I think it is so important, by the way. I feel so many people will gain from this. I, I really, thank really you. do. I, I, I At least my, my Aveira wasn't for nothing. <laughs> okay, no, and, and just like everything else in life, you can always fix it. Okay. Yeah, someone just mentioned the message. I'm horrified to hear about parents reading children's diaries. It usually doesn't happen. That's a, a, a family of trust. But there are still some people that do. Wow. Okay. Excellent. Okay, thank, thank you. you. I really, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. By the way, someone sent a message. I'll just read it quickly. About trust. Daughter went to school therapist. The principal wanted to be wanted it to be stopped during the classes. So she called up the office and asked why she's there. And she said, sorry, I can't even tell you. Boy, was the principal mad. But me, the parent... I thanked that secretary and therapist for that, about wow. keeping things confidential. That's a big chutzpah. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand how this principal can dare to do this. No, but it's a principal and a school therapist. Again, I understand where it's coming from. But as you're saying, Reb Nissen, like, yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. thank you. You're welcome. I feel it has helped many people, and I feel... I'll just say this, it eases a lot of the trappedness that I feel sometimes where I'd love to speak to parents, but I can't. And that's the reason why. We want the trust. We want the teenager or even whichever client to know that what you tell us is confidential. Uh, Mordechai. Yeah. I know that the time is running. I must. I know that you don't. You wouldn't read. I wouldn't read this text. The last text I sent you. I know you. that one. I looked but, at it five times and but, I'm not reading it. But, but okay. no, I want to talk about something that an uh, uh, inappropriate relationship with, between you know people, and I think that it's very important to address this issue. That many times people take advantage about other people and basically manipulate their act and I have a feeling about it and I think that the best okay, way okay so let's try to do this in a kosher way so someone yeah no, I'm talking about message. kosher way I'm not talking about something that's nothing to do with the person that, uh, but right. I'm, right. I just, just the concept is that someone had a very close relationship with someone that they were not aware how not healthy it was and how wrong it is until, I'm sorry they were not aware as to how unhealthy it is until later on in life. And now they're hurt. They want to know, should they just disconnect from that person or not? So, again, in my opinion, is basically disconnect and total disconnect. And until it exactly. gets... You know, because if I understand from the text, it is, was like a very manipulative way and very naive from the other side. So I would say that everything is fixable, and everything is, uh, especially that the person is young and old also, that we have, have things to fix in our life and rebuild with all the energy that add, move to other relationship, move it to, to the proper relationship, and I think that uh, the person can see uh, the light on the end of the tunnel, and even it will be difficult, it will be very difficult. Because it's it's not a short time that the relationship was involved, and I think that uh, the the kosher way is very important to keep it and to keep it, keep because it's something that 
it, it can drag you down and down and down, especially when we have a manipulative person behind the, the act. The Mordechai? Yes. It's your way. Oh, thank you, my friend. The next one you just sent is, can a therapist see a family member after the client leaves the therapist? This is all getting complicated with family members when, if they, ne- they can't even acknowledge someone else, there's so much going on. It's, it's about what's going on. It, first of all, how would they know it's a family member? You don't always know what things are family members. It's because of the last names today in the Jewish world. You've got Friedmans and Weinbergers. And, and all the Jewish family names that are similar. But if the person that's coming, I know you spoke to my daughter, and she came here till now, then no, we say, sorry, I cannot speak to you, and we can't work. We can't do anything. Okay. So. Excellent. Thank you. I'm not going to read who just someone sent me a message about reading diaries, that it's very controversial. I don't want to say which Rebbe, because... I don't want to get into that, but let me just see where it was. Here. The Rebbe, it doesn't matter which one, said publicly parents should read children's diaries and should listen to kids' conversations. I think there's a balance to what that Rebbe said. I, I, wonder, I wonder what and when and how and what type of parents we're talking about. There's, when there's issues of trust, then there's issues of trust. Uh, you know that we spoke about it many times. I think that was I, I think it, it was trigger me about a letter from a, le- a, a mother wrote it in the in the a local newspaper here, and I, yeah. I think that it was was really uh, furious. Uh, I, as a parent, I would I, w- I wouldn't accept it. I said that yeah. it's it's opening it's opening to our to our children mistrust. It's open to our children that they don't have any. A territory, any confidence over their life and privacy, and th- it's so it's it's complicated all their life from mm-hmm. here to the end of the world that they would mistrust everyone. Yeah, especially you know when it's coming to the parents and you don't build the trust, it's so uh, it's scary. It's re- really scary. I wouldn't imagine that my children were, you know, losing the trust on me, on my wife. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's something that I want them to, I want them to come to me and say, Abba, Ima, we have a problem. We have something that I, 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 I can share with them, you know. But in the minute yeah. that I break, I broke the trust, I, I, I in, what do you call it, interfere with their privacy, basically breaking their, their own world. And this is like the same that this lady before that basically she, I think that she forced a, a, her ideas on a, the daughter in a certain way. And this is something yeah. that I, I, I see, it, you know, that it's, it's unhealthy. It's really yeah. unhealthy. And I'm, you know, I, I can take it to the other level, you know, that I tell you true, I was, I was something that would coming to the Ashkafa. The, the, yeah. the looking on the, the world and I, I, yesterday I had to take my son to the airport. He fly to Israel, you know. To, yes. And I had to pray in, in a certain, in, in a, in a sh- different shul that I'm, I'm praying. And I tell you, I was disturbed. I, I come back, and I told my wife, and no wonder, no wonder that our children don't have any respect 
to to the shuls, to the praying, you know, to the to nothing. Because I saw, I I saw how they pray over there. How to say this? Like, just okay. I did you a favor, Almighty. I did you a favor. I pray. I put my tefillin, my tzitzit, and that's it. You know, I just did a favor. Yes. And I see that there's still something wrong here. I spoke about yesterday, but this is something that we try to to transmit to 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 influence our children. And in the meantime, that the, the our, what we our act is exactly the opposite. What we accepting from our children to see that I am standing in front of the the hall and praying. In the meantime, I'm texting to somebody else. What kind of of uh, example? What kind of ashkafa? And this is exactly Beautiful. it's touching all the our point, you know, touching that you're coming to your son, you want your your, your daughter, you want to, to build a trust with her, and suddenly you just open the diary and reading what she's write, what she's reading to herself, basically. So you know what? Next time she wouldn't write it. Next time she will do something else worse than you think of her. And discover in the diary that he or she has something relationship that is not so appropriate to a Jewish guy. What are you going to do? You're going to shoot her or him? Yeah. I'm sorry that I'm full of, uh, you know, enthusiastic about it. But I'm just going to read a beautiful message, Rebna. So we're going to finish with this. Someone okay. just sent me over here, like privately. I was a teenager not so long ago. And if I had felt that my parents didn't trust me, I would have just done so much behind their back. And trust me, your teenager can hide plenty without you knowing if he or she wants to. But since my parents trusted me, if I ever did anything wrong, I felt so guilty until I told them and worked it out. Controlling your kids is not a way to get them to do what you want. Exactly, and it's about balance. Even that person that sent me the message saying that that big Rebbe said that you should agree, say yes, he's a very sensible person, and we're talking about trust. Exactly. And yes, to say there's a very few times, but it's still important when, if a parent needs to do it, do it and own up to it. You might have read it and then say you're sorry, but tell them, listen, we had to do this. Just like there's Hippenabuch, if someone wants to hurt themselves, if someone's causing a damage to others, real physical damage, there's no confidentiality. We need to tell the person that. And yes, the person might not trust us again, but there are times when you need to break it. There are times. Very few times, the same as like with if needing to read a diary, but then own it after. If a therapist needs to call the authorities for something that someone has done, the therapist has to own it, saying, I called. The authorities, when they come down, say, your therapist called. It's not, no hiding. It's not comfortable. You'll own it. It's not like you read and go, no, I didn't read it. You're owning what your behaviors. That's part of the responsibility. It's painful. But it's still part what happens. Well, All right, and on okay. that note, have a wonderful evening. Thank you, and it was unbelievable. Thank you. Great, great Thank topic. You.